welcome to the Jammiest Bits of Jam storytelling podcast, where we share short stories, rough drafts really, based on a theme and given on a dare. Where are your hosts? Christina Kishbot and Cassie Soliday. Hello! Hi! We're back again. <laughs> so great to uh, be on your headphones or speakers or whatever. Hello. <laughs> Heyo, it's us. What's up, Cassie? Again, not much. <laughs> Nothing is happening for me. <laughs> I mean, you get you get you get like pitches and stuff here and there. It's good. Yeah. And I heard about I did hear back about my last one. They're passing. Uh, but no. the exec did like it, so that's cool. I have a few other places I want to go pitch it. So. Did you ever see or end up seeing Raya? No, I'm waiting till it is is like not behind the paywall. Oh, right, right, right. That's I want to support weird. it, but thirty dollars is a lot. Um, it is a lot, especially like I understand it if you're like a family. Totally, that's like yeah. a huge deal. If yeah, but totally. Yeah, but I would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, my roommate and I, our first theater experience post-quarantine, oh. we went to um, the AMC 16 in Burbank and saw Raya last Friday, and it was great. I mean, awesome. the the experience was great. The movie's good. Yeah, it looks fun. I really do want to see it, and I feel bad not supporting it. Uh, you know, it just like just with being in between jobs, I need to be very careful with my money. Totally, so that's totally. kind of where I'm at. But I do like oh, I want to support it so bad. But I am excited to see it. Um, how was the theater? Like, was it packed or was it no. pretty scarce? No, it was like us, and we thought it was just gonna be us. But then, like last minute, this family walked in, and like it was like three kids. And a dad. But then the dad didn't come all the way in. He just, like, watched his kids sit up, like, behind us. And then, like, he left. And I looked at Jared and I was like, this dad straight up thinks that we're going to babysit his kids. Straight wow. up. And then I was like, absolutely not. Because I'm not here for you. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, but then, like, the movie started, like, the trailer started and he came back with like three more kids and then Whoa. like 20 minutes into the movie a mom showed up and I was like this family keeps growing what are <laughs> we doing you guys it was very strange and then like 30 minutes into the movie another family shows up and then like literally end of act two a couple walks in What? And I was like, all of you are trash. Do you know what movies are? This is a fucking miracle in front of your eyes. And you can't even, like, respect it. Yikes. This couple that probably decided they wanted to have sex before they went to the movie, like, walking in midway through. Absolutely not. I was very, very offended. And is the offense does it come from working in animation and knowing how hard people (laughs) work to make these movies yes it comes from every moment that a movie is 
conceived to it getting on your screen and how much work and how much money goes into it. And, you know, I just think the reverence was not there. And I was Trash seems so harsh, though. (laughs) Probably, like, theater surfing or something, which is, like, also an issue. Like, I'm I'm still not cool with it. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Oh, my gosh. This reminds me of some, like, before the pandemic, I went to see um, Kiki's Delivery Service with uh, my husband and one of our friends. And I thought she had bought... tickets for all of us and so I didn't buy tickets and we walked right in behind her it was like really busy and we went and sat right next to her assuming that the next seats were for us and um we had the rest of the row confused because their seats weren't lining up but no one told us anything and after the movie I was like hey can we have our ticket stubs and she's like I didn't get you tickets and I was like I didn't buy us tickets either. What? <laughs> and oh, so, no. yeah. And we watched the movie for free. I I felt so guilty after. Oh, yeah, I'm glad no. I didn't know it while we were watching the movie because yeah. I felt so bad. And it was, um, it wasn't sold out, but there were like very few seats together apparently at the end. Oh no. So, uh, yeah, I still um, feel very guilty about it. But it was a great movie to see on the big screen. I don't, I don't know. This just reminded me of that. I guess it's just because I hold a lot of guilt and shame over it. So I thought I'd share it and hope that the guilt and shame would go away. But after telling you it, I, I can confirm it has not gone away. Um, do you feel guilt and shame about that one time when um, like six of us were supposed to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? And um, everyone ditched us. And then you and Matt couldn't find parking. And so I sat by myself in a row in a full theater by myself with like four seats between me and other people and I sat alone it was like oh my god sea of people except for like this patch of empty seats around me (laughs) I do not remember this I vaguely remember this and I can't was it like a Friday night? Yeah, it was Friday. Oh my night. god! Like, so that, that I couldn't find parking. Ugh, damn, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, really I had a great time. I was like, was the movie's good. amazing, and I loved it. And I saw it yeah. like again, like the next weekend. I think I took Nader, but uh-huh. um, yeah, I <laughs> I was like, I looked like I reserved six seats. So I wouldn't have to sit next to anyone else. Oh like I God. was pre-social distancing. That's so baller. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a packed theater. It was so funny. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. Yeah. I, I go to movies by myself all the time. Well, I used to, obviously. but Same. But when you're expecting someone and they don't yeah, show up, it, was just like, so funny it is a little like, heartbreaking. We had like six people going and then it was just me. So, um, yes, I will add that to um, the guilt and shame bucket. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I it's overflowing. So what's what's another memory to add to? <laughs> oh, boy. No, it's fine. But um, anyway. But innocent. <laughs> but innocent. Anyway, okay. I'm ready to hear your story about, ooh, with the theme innocent, and I better not hear it any taylor swift lyrics okay i'm just gonna have to wing it then (laughs) (laughs) 
No, it's no Taylor Swift's uh, lyrics. <laughs> At least I don't think. I haven't heard that song in a while, so who knows? Who knows? Laura is a good girl. Good girls don't get angry, is what she was always told. A broken record. The phrase was on repeat among her family. Her family had dwindled from large and loving to just she and her father. No longer strong and confident, he feared for his safety and that of his eight-year-old daughters. He had a secret that he would never let Laura in on. He said, knowing is what took out my mom, little brother, aunt, grandpa, and grandma. We all lived together and they all knew. If they hadn't known, maybe they would have survived. But you're still here, Laura said to her dad. For now, he replied. Another wall. Laura feels the distance, but Dad gets ahead of it. Remember, good girls don't get angry, Care Bear. She did her breathing exercises while Dad brushes her overgrown bangs out of her face and behind her ear. 3.34 a.m., pitch black outside. Laura was Laura's awakened by a loud racket downstairs, windows breaking, things being thrown against walls. She shoots out of bed, taking the cover with her. She wraps it around herself. Protection against the night chill. She peeked outside her door and saw the shadows on the walls downstairs of a fight in full swing. She sneaks over the top of the staircase and looks down. Her dad is thrown against the barrister, breaking it. His head hits the ledge of a stair. He looks up. His frightened eyes meet Laura's. In that moment, Laura thinks that this is all because he knows her secret. The secret that she doesn't even know herself. Care Bear, hide, he whispered, before two brutish hands grab his ankles and pull him away. A second brute spots Laura. There's the little girl, the brute says. Another voice tells him to grab the shrimp. She races off to her parents' room and hops into the closet and hides inside the laundry basket. Scared, she starts to cry. She never knows what is going on and no one will ever tell her. The one time her brother mentioned something about her anger issues, mom slapped his arm and told him to keep quiet. Doors were being kicked open down the hall. Laura could hear it. Her heart beat quicker. She was most worried about her dad, the only person she had left. She couldn't lose him, too. She peeked out of the clothing for air and noticed a gun taped to the closet wall in a deep, dark corner. Her heartbeat raced faster. Maybe she could save him. The brute gently pushed the bedroom door in and light flooded the room. His shadow crept up the wall. The closer he got to the closet and the laundry basket, he leaned in and shoved her mom and dad's clothes around, even ripped them from the hangers. He knew she was in here. He threw the laundry basket out of the way to kick around the dark spots he couldn't reach without hurting his already bad back. His already injured back. The basket flung across the room. Laundry rained down onto the floor, landing on two little feet. The brute turned around to see the girl. She held a gun in her shaking hand, pointed directly at him. He laughed. Now, now, I'm not going to hurt you. Remember, good girls don't get angry. Give me the gun, he said, sticking his hand out. She bites his hand and throws the gun at his forehead, knocking him back into the closet, breaking the door off its hinge. Laura goes off running back to the stairs where her dad is bruised up, bleeding, and coming for her. He grabs her and she jumps into his arms. He runs downstairs where he's hit in the shoulder by a bullet. He falls on top of Laura, shielding her from what other bullets may come. Daddy? Laura cries. Fuck it, Laura. You're a good girl, but now's the time to get angry. Get really fucking angry, Care Bear. 
Laura had been pushing down anger since she was a baby. She was always crying to her parents' dismay. As a toddler, she would constantly scream. Doctors said there was something wrong with her and recommended insane medications that even adults could barely pronounce. Her parents protected her from it to take it one day at a time to shield her with meditation exercises. Now she was finally given permission to let it all rise, but she was hesitant. The other man was struggling to get to his feet, equally covered in blood and bruises as her dad. He was coming for her, a total stranger. Laura didn't understand. They're after you. You're the secret, her dad said as he blacked out from the head injury. She stood up shaking. The other man limped toward her as the brute slowly came downstairs. Looks like it's just us and little old you. Don't be scared, the brute laughed. The little thing is shaking, she's so scared. Their laughter infuriated Laura more. She shook not from fear anymore, but from anger. Her face was red as she looked at them with narrowed eyes. The rest of her body followed suit, becoming the darkest shade of red. Her beautiful, thick, and tangled hair became black and greasy. Her mouth salivated, spitting out of the corners of her mouth. The men grew hesitant, watching the transformation. The brute pointed his gun at her, ready to shoot her dead. The other man stopped him. No, we don't get paid unless she's alive. They never said she was a demon spawn, the other said. A deep voice interrupted them. I'm not a demon. I'm just mad as hell. god okay 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 so was she like a werewolf no a little bit maybe like kind of like a hulkish kind of werewolf yeah 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 Yeah. i definitely got the hulk vibes for Mm -hmm. sure i love the whole like good girls don't get angry thing and you know like that's just gonna that's just going to make everyone angry. Mm-hmm. If you hear that. Yeah. I mean, if you get told that so often, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And if there was, like, a secret among the family that, like, no one would tell you it, that you're apparently at the center of, I would be so freaking angry that totally. they were holding out on me. Yeah. Um, and also, I can help, like, keep us safe if I'm a terrifying monster thing yeah what would happen what would have happened if if they had just let her been angry when they first started to lose their family you know well this is like this is like the elsa thing right where it's like she didn't control her powers because her dad made her like um keep them subdued so then when they came out it was like explosion yeah and i mean the whole thing stems from like emotion management like you know Mm -hmm. knowing Mm -hmm. how you're feeling and how to control them and go ahead and feel them without causing damage and yeah absolutely this is definitely a first draft obviously (laughs) but yeah that was kind of the goal was that yeah she's just been told for for a long for eight years right to yeah the girl and not be angry and she was born with just a little bit more anger than everyone else (laughs) hey me too and had to push it down Right. <laughs> Wait, so what do you see when you like think of her as her most angry self? Like what does she look like? I mean, you kind of describe it in the story, but Yeah. I kind of see her as a little bit of so there's this uh episode early in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood mm-hmm. where um there's this little girl that's turned into a chimera 
mm-hmm. and it can speak in broken broken sentences and stuff like that. But she's the creature, right? Yeah. So I kind of saw that mixed with like maybe a shorter Hulk, like baby Hulk, baby girl Hulk kind of thing. Um, probably the shade of Hellboy, you know. Oh, I yeah. Like so probably it. more Hellboy than Hulk, quite honestly. But it's like a werewolf thing where when she turn when she's angry, she'll turn into this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also one of my favorite moments is when she has the gun in her hand and you're like, oh god, she's gonna shoot him. Mm. Uh, but she's like eight years old, so she just throws it at him. <laughs> yeah. So, well, there's yeah. also this. Um, I like that moment too because um, it reminds me of like. A lot of my favorite heroes from, like, my favorite TV and, uh, like, movies don't like guns. Like, they willfully oppose the use of guns. Like, Mm -hmm. Buffy. Like, she hates guns. And so, I think that, um, I like that attribute. And, like, it's like, guns equal power here in our world. But if you have power beyond our world, then you don't need them. Right. Very true. Mm-hmm. I do like that, too. And I don't really want to, like, praise gun use, <laughs> like, in my writing, so. Totally. I'm trying to avoid it. I didn't realize she was eight. Yeah, she's eight. I, I would probably revise that later, because it's, like, not a, there's not a ton of life experience at age eight mm-hmm. um, to where you'd probably be this angry. You wouldn't probably know that you could be this angry. Um, I'd probably go into the backstory a little bit more or seed it through a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I kind of had to, like, I feel like I kind of shoehorned it in in spots, but it wasn't very well thought out as I was writing this stream of conscious based off a few key points. Like, idea yeah. I wrote from Innocent. So, Innocent, I think of being good, right? So, Laura is a good girl. Good girls don't get angry. I was going to have something aggravating happen to her, like getting bullied at school or something to where like Mm -hmm. she's pushed to her limits. Like this is one of many and this is so close to her breaking point, but uh, she's not sure if she can keep it under control because her dad hates when she comes home mad and when she gets mad, like he does not want her mad, but his dad is keeping a secret from her, not only about like what Laura is and can be, you know, if she just, you know, was able to accept her anger and actually feel it. But her dad is also a hitman and he knows what anger can do to people. So that was part of that. But she finds out and she tries to keep her innocent, but actually their anger saves them. So this was going to be kind of a longer thriller that I can yeah. uh, due to time. This week was really like busy. Like I say that I have nothing to do because I'm like in between, I'm like looking for work, but I'm actually working a lot like editing podcasts and um, right. like developing things to go pitch and stuff. So my time is actually pretty limited, but nothing's happening, you know? And um, so, yeah, this was kind of hard to fit in, but yeah, so that was kind of my key points that I wanted to hit. <laughs> I didn't really hit all of them, but uh, probably in my second draft, I would want to get closer to that. Cause I do like the idea of uh, someone who should be, you know, like him and don't have to be angry or anything, but it just seems like I don't know, they would be. I don't know, maybe not. I don't know. I've never been hmm. one. <laughs> I think um I think it depends on the character. Yeah. And I mean, why is she this way? Is there like a real world reason why she's this way, or is it just like 
oops, my daughter has a weird thing that happens. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's like maybe a family like thing handed down to where like they just have a few angry, you know, apples in the orchard. Yeah, so the theme that I kind of wanted to play with was anger and innocence. Like, can it exist together? Like, can you still be innocent while being angry? Mm. Which I think you can. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of our anger can sometimes, like, frustration in particular can come from not knowing something. Like, mm-hmm. how many times have you been left out of something and you just got frustrated that you weren't being let in to whatever, like, whether it's a group of friends or, like, a secret or, like, an industry. <laughs> like, if you're trying to get work somewhere, like, it gets frustrating, right? Totally. But you're pretty innocent because like you don't understand the big picture or what's holding you back you know because sometimes it's people sometimes it's skill um sometimes it's yourself sometimes it's other people kind of thing I don't know so I would need to do some more deeper thinking um on what I'm really trying to say but that that's what I want to say with this yeah that's I think there's a lot to explore there for like the theme of innocence and yeah how you can be innocent I feel like you can be because like another thing I guess another word you could use is like which is a bad version is like ignorant right um Mm, but an ignorance has a very negative connotation when it's used a certain way but I feel like ignorance also is just if you're ignorant of something you just don't know and you are innocent of it because you don't know it I think there's a lot to explore there, especially if you're working with, you know, a family that has to deal with it and then their young daughter being affected by it. I think it's I think there's lots to explore. One day when I revise it. <laughs> it gives me very like it gives me very like x men vibes too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah I kind of saw like maybe the government or some bad agency wanted to get a hold of her because they knew what she was kind of thing right I feel like there's a bigger world underneath this that I have yet to find there was that one movie which I never saw which I wanted to which was called bright day bright bright oh something. um was it just called bright Maybe. I don't know. It was about that kid who, like, becomes, who has powers and then becomes evil. It's, like, the idea of, like, was he always supposed to be evil or did something, like, something along the way of him being raised make him evil? I've never seen it, so Brightburn is what it's called. Brightburn. Brightburn. Um, So maybe I shouldn't speak on it because I haven't seen it. (laughs) But I think it has a similar theme. To kind of like what you're going for, but in kind of a more, I feel like yours is more like um, of a like, what can we learn from this type thing, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? But I should probably watch the movie. I do want to see it. Yeah, me too. Love yeah. Will Smith. Watch him in anything. No. No, what? I don't is this think the wrong so. movie? Yeah. I know oh what you're gosh. talking okay. about. Okay, that wait, one's wait, just wait, called wait, Bright, wait. right? Yes, that one's called Bright. Okay, Brightburn. So I was about that. <laughs> Brightburn is with um, Elizabeth Banks, and gotcha. it's basically like if Superman, if Clark Kent was actually evil. Mm. It's basically that, and it's supposed to be a, like horror, pseudo horror as well. Well probably won't watch that one but maybe <laughs> i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna you find it me. 
you know me. I know you. Okay. Yeah. I might. I do have like so many horror films I want to watch, but I'm so scared. Um, I'll yeah. watch that with you. Okay. Like, well, when we're both fully vaccinated. Yeah. 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 Obviously. Okay. Yes. Then yes, I will. Because I know you can protect me. <laughs> I'll protect you. Yeah. The only reason I can watch horror movies is because Nader will protect me. <laughs> <laughs> See, Matt and I are of the same like cloth here because we are both. We're like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But Nader's so, like, I don't care. I'll protect. So Nader you. will protect all of us, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So. Um, Oh, did you have more to say? No, but I was going to ask, do you have, wait, is it me next or is it guest next? It's a guest. (gasps) Yay. Daring this week. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll, we'll, uh, uh, We'll do it again next time. Yeah. Like, we'll see you next week, but we won't see you. And then the logic gets tripped up and I get confused. But next week, we'll be here again. Yeah, for sure. Bye. Bye. This episode of the Jamie's Bits of Jam Storytelling Podcast was produced by Christina and Cassie. Music by the wonderful Grace Sai. Connect with us on Twitter at BitsoJam Podcast and on Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. We hope by sharing these stories and being open about our process and how we word vomit our first drafts that you'll be encouraged to word vomit your own. The most important thing about writing is to write.